Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman. Speaking to you from the Getting Better Healthcare studios here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We're having a beautiful spring here. In today's program, we're going to be discussing a very interesting issue, that of drug coupons. These are coupons that help patients get access to medications by paying for the co-pays that patients would otherwise need to spend. Now, I think this is a very interesting and intriguing issue because it pits the short-term benefits to patients against the, it's not really long-term, against the, 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 also the short-term increase in costs that these programs develop. I think it's a, a nice example of some uh, law of unintended consequences. We're going to be speaking today with Wells Wilkinson. Wells is Director of Prescription Access Litigation Project and Staff Attorney for Community Catalyst, a nationwide consumer organization. Wells, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Um, oh, my what, pleasure. Yeah, I want to start. Um, th- this issue of prescription drug coupons is fascinating, but just as a little bit of background, can you tell us about Community Catalyst and how this project got started? Uh, Sure. Well, Community Catalyst is a national, nationwide consumer advocacy group that fosters and promotes consumer access to the healthcare system, and we work with different community-based groups in over 40 states right now. Uh, And my project uh, has worked on access to prescription drugs for consumers, uh, and it's been around for about 10 years or so. And, And what we've seen is that there are a lot of different practices that the drug companies use to kind of prevent consumer access to affordable medications, oftentimes by delaying generic drugs from coming to the market. We've also seen that there's also an awful lot of promotion of drug products that drives up overall costs and depletes resources that health plans and consumers need for drugs that, you know, that they really need, and that's a you know, very significant financial drain on their health care system. Um, are we talking, what, a couple million, a hundred million? Uh, well, it's hard to quantify exactly how much you know, drug, prescription drug use is kind of inappropriate and, and should be, uh, you know, where expensive products should be replaced by, you know, far more affordable alternatives. But I think we're really talking more in the, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds so. of billions of dollars. Wow. It's, I mean, right now in this country, there, we spend about $300 billion a year on uh, drug products, prescription drugs. And so, uh, you know, we would like to see uh, a significant amount of that uh, be spent more wisely because there's so many extremely affordable drug products out there on the market, uh, and yet they're competing with very expensive brand name drugs at the 
the drug companies market aggressively to consumers and to doctors uh, to try to, uh, you know, continue their kind of profitable products, uh, and that's draining, you know, real resources from the healthcare system. All right. Well, you know, on the one hand, I, I don't have a problem if companies want to market expensive products. I mean, um, people have a choice between buying a Porsche and buying a, a, a less expensive alternative. Let's leave it at that. And, you know, letting companies market their expensive cars is, is probably a good thing. What's different about medicines and healthcare? Well, you know, there, there are real differences in the, because drugs are not like other consumer products. You know, first of all, prescription drugs are, you know, have very significant inherent risks, and that's why they're not just over-the-counter products that you can just walk in and buy anytime you want. To take a prescription drug, you have to actually uh, do that under the, the guidance of both a doctor who writes a prescription and a pharmacist who dispenses the drugs. So there are two trained professionals there to kind of help ensure consumer safety is you know, promoted to the, the greatest possible extent. So that's one issue. But also, if you go out and buy a, you know, a Porsche or a color TV or something like that, you know, in most of those cases, the consumer's paying the full price. Mm-hmm. They know the total cost. They're not shifting the cost to somebody else. With prescription drugs, consumers tend to pay you know, a third or less of the total cost of the product. And their health plans or their employer, if they're self-insured, those entities are paying the rest of those costs. Um, so when, when you say that the, uh, that, that the employers or insurers are paying the cost, you know, that's a little misleading because some consumers might think that, well, I sh- you know, I, I should spend as much as I can and, you know, make the insurers and employers pay through the nose. But in the end, where do they get the money? And they're getting the money from the consumer. The insurer doesn't print money. They're getting it from what would be in the patient's pay, uh, patient, the consumer's paycheck, uh, the employer. They're not printing money, so what would you're have been salary? You're, you're absolutely right. You know the the increase in cost of healthcare, you know, for employers either whether they self-insure and they cover those costs directly, or if they buy insurance to cover all their employees, those increasing costs have been going up for you know steadily uh, at about you know ten to fifteen percent a year for the last you know, 15 years or so. And, and that's actually causing a real economic strain. And that's you know, one of the things that's, that's helped keep employee uh, pay and wages uh, down. And it's been a real struggle in a, you know, a lot of the different uh, uh, kind of union and other organized um, uh, strikes and other, uh, other uh, kind of contests between employees and employers uh, that's been around health benefits. So it's a real significant uh, concern, and you know those costs are are significant as well. And, and I think in this current economy, I think a lot of employees, you know, they they might see that a new position opens up or someone leaves, and an employer might have to decide not to fill a position because you know it, it's a tough economy, and the rising healthcare costs are playing a role in that. So drugs are different from other consumer products. I, in a lo- in in a huge way, in that people are getting them, using them, but not paying for them. Um, That's right. So, so how does that affect the the cost and the price of these drug products? Well, in in, in the perspective of you know these coupons, oftentimes uh, when you go to fill a prescription, 
uh, if it's an expensive brand name prescription, you might actually be asked to make a, a copayment, and that could be between $25 and $50 or a little more. Uh, and if you use an alternative drug, uh, usually uh, these are generic drugs that are made by many manufacturers and priced competitively, then you know the total price for that product is going to be much lower, and your copayment might be you know five dollars or even zero. And so, by using these lo- larger copayments, some of the costs of the drug products are kind of shared, and it become transparent to the consumers, and it creates an incentive for them to try other medications that are a lot more affordable. I, I would think that that would be a critical break uh, on the cost uh, on the prices that that a company might charge that um, if a company said well you know for my drug and I I invest so much money and I'm sure they do and they take a lot of risk and drugs don't pan out and I'm I'm sure that's true and so they might consider charging a hundred dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month or a couple thousand dollars a month They, they could pick any number but if the consumer has to pay something towards that, it seems like that might limit what the drug company would would choose as a, as their price. Right. Well, you know that does that does create some uh, some pressure to try to help keep the prices down. But we do see that a lot of these brand name drugs are priced, you know, very expensively. And and you know, as a class, sometimes they'll they'll all be expensive. Um, even if one, you know, statin like Lipitor is competing with another brand name drug like Crestor, it's not like we see the competition between those two drugs drive the price down. It actually, uh, you know, those prices both stay high, um, and and that's a real concern. And it, it kind of indicates that there are other things going on to promote the use of these and the prescribing of these drugs, um, you know, other than price. We know these drug products are marketed very aggressively to doctors. The drug reps go in and visit them any chance they get, and we've also seen that there's a lot of advertising on TV to try to get uh, consumers to choose these particular drug products. You know, alternatively, the other drug products that you know, in some cases, some of these drugs that are uh, kind of equivalent in therapeutic value, uh, you know, they cost as mu- as little as five dollars, you know, even without insurance. But the, their manufacturers aren't out there advertising and promoting them because. Uh, you know they're they're not making enough money to to pay for this expensive advertising. You know, I, you, you come back to the the marketing, and again, I I just don't see marketing as an issue because um, you know any kind of store can market to me any product at any price they want, as long as I'm paying the cost of that product. Um, that they can't charge me more than I'm willing to pay. But the thing you said about consumers not paying the full price for their medicines uh, seems to be the, the critical thing that determines, um, that, that lets those, those brand name drugs you mentioned um, charge so much. Would, would anybody be using one of those super high-priced uh, branded drugs, well, I shouldn't say super, the high-priced branded drugs, if, if they were paying for that drug themselves out of their pocket? Maybe some people would choose to do it. Um, maybe whatever benefit there is from them, large or small, would be worth that dollar figure to, to folks if they were paying it for themselves. But it seems like for well, most I, folks I, it wouldn't you, be. You know, 
The problem here, I think, is that oftentimes consumers only pay a small portion of the cost of a drug. And the coupons that have proliferated, and they've, they've started to be you know, marketed to consumers much more aggressively in the last three years or so. And, and there's evidence that they may have affected one out of eight brand-name prescriptions. So that's how many of these coupons are being used. And it shows that they're working, right? But you know, the concern is that these coupons take the price of the product out of the consumer's equation. They don't right. think about the price because they're part of the copayments being waived. I see. So, uh, so let's let's talk. So, we have a clear understanding that that the copays that 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 people pay are an essential element to controlling the cost of healthcare, to control the cost of the drugs, to in- encourage people to use um, appropriate lower price alternatives, alternatives, affordable good alternatives when they when they exist and perhaps even put a limit on what companies could charge for their products. So, so what is a coupon? What, is, what are we talking about? So these, coupon, these drug coupons or these drug discount cards, uh, they operate by uh, allowing the drug manufacturer to pay the pharmacy uh, for the, the portion of a patient's copayment that their insurer normally requires them to pay. And so if you, if you were going to fill a prescription for Lipitor, for example, and you had a $50 copayment, if you use the Lipitor for you coupon, then instead of paying $50, you're going to end up paying only $4 out of pocket. And Pfizer is going to pay that $46 to the pharmacist to fill that prescription. Conceivably, and, your choice could be between a brand-name drug like Lipitor or the generic Simvastatin that I'm on. And it might sure. be that your copay for the branded drug might be $50, and for the generic it might be $10. And so if you were to get one of these coupons, then you might only pay, the, 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 the patient, the consumer of the drug, might end up only paying $4 or $0 if the coupon pays the whole thing for the brand name drug, still $10 for your generic. So for you as a patient, the branded drug might actually cost less than the generic. That's right. And so in the short term, it might appear to the patient or the consumer that they're getting a deal. They're getting this expensive brand name product uh, for less than they would pay for a competing generic drug product. But the problem is that in, a, in, in the global sense, if they do this and a lot of their co-workers do this and a lot of other people on their health plan do this, this is going to all add up and drive up costs significantly. I mean, this, this, some of these drugs are, you know, these brand name drugs cost 10 times or more as much as the co- products they're competing with that are available as generic drugs. And so those costs are going to add up. And, you know, a recent study said this could cost as much as $32 billion over the next decade or so. Um, and, and I think the cost could be even higher if coupons continue to proliferate and more and more people start to use them. And, and this is a critical time when a lot of drugs are actually now going off patent and they're going to be available as generics. And whenever that happens, we see the price drop significantly. You know, it drops a third in the first six months and, and another third in the, in the next six months. And so a lot of drug products have become a lot more affordable soon. And you know, coupons are one of the ways that they're trying to compete with that uh, you know, price pressure and competition from the generic market. Let me see if I understand this. A... An insurance company um, has a contract with um, 
the insured population, whether directly with the employer or with the consumer of care. And this contract says, look, we'll pay 80% of the cost. You pay 20% uh, as a copay. And that helps keep your costs down because we're paying 80%. But the fact that you still have to pay 20% encourages you to be a wise consumer. The drug company comes along and says, oh, we'll pay the copay. Um, isn't there a violation of the, the contract with the insurer somehow? Well, you know, this, this could be, um, uh, you know, because it's the drug company that's, that's doing this, actually, it, it might not be that the members of any health plan are, are violating you know, the terms of their contract. They're letting another payer pay this. Uh, but we do see that these coupons are used directly to undermine those arrangements in the contracts. Uh, and so that could be illegal under under certain state law. Um, you know, there is a lawsuit that's been filed by some uh, public and uh, insurers for, you know, public and private sector uh, employees that challenges the use of these coupons under a commercial bribery statute. Uh, and so, you know, that litigation has just started. But, you know, it's important to, to note that if these kinds of coupons or copays, they're prohibited under federal rules for Medicare Part D and Medicaid because they're seen to be kickbacks that promote the use of one expensive product, uh, you know, over alternatives. And they're also prohibited under a Massachusetts statewide law that prohibits kickbacks by the, the healthcare field. So, you know, there's, there's good indications that this conduct is illegal in in certain circumstances and uh you know the lawsuit may determine whether it's illegal overall when um when a patient is sitting there with their doctor in this room just the two of them and there's probably some marginal benefit from the more expensive drug and there's a coupon that the doctor can give the patients distributed by the drug companies through the physician that would reduce the patient's copay for this drug that would help them out uh, from whatever it is. From the copay could go from $100 down to zero. What's a doctor to do? Well, you know, I think if the doctor has already made determinations that alternative drugs you know, don't work and they... I think that's a critical step, and, and it's, we shouldn't assume that that's already been decided in most cases. If a patient's tried, you know, a number, a, a generic drug or two, and they found that they don't work, you know, then they should be taking the brand-name drug, uh, and, you know, doctors should be prescribing that. But what we're seeing is the doctors are, you know, being marketed to by the drug companies, and they're handing out these coupons to their patients. You know, oftentimes without trying them on an alternative medication first. Let me make sure so, my question was clear. Because um, I'm not saying they've tried the generic first. Let's say they haven't tried the generic, and the generic might well work. But by giving the patient the coupon, they make it so that the patient may get a marginally better drug um, at less price than they, that individual patient would be paying for the generic. You think the doctor should show some restraint and say, look, I'm not going to participate with these coupon programs. The overall effect on the health system is outweighs the benefit to this individual patient that I'm seeing today. Well, I actually think that there are very few cases where the, the brand name drug is, you know, is shown to be marginally better in, for, for all patients. I think that there 
are lots and lots of drugs out there that, you know, quite the opposite, have been shown to be uh, effective, and they've been around on the market for longer, so we have a better indication that they're actually safer. Some of the real risks that patients have seen uh, from prescription drugs have happened because, you know, millions of people have started to use brand-name drugs when they first come on the market, and then, you know, five years later or more, we find out that there are lots and lots of risks mm-hmm. to these drugs that, well, I'm gonna that make weren't th- disclosed. I'm going to make this question even easier. Let's just say yeah. that there's a drug, and there's a generic of that same drug, and the doctor's got the coupon that will help the patient pay zero if it's the brand-name drug, but they've got to pay their $10 copay if it's the generic. So the doctor can save the patient money uh, in that interaction that they have. Uh, But at the same time, they're increasing the cost of the health system a hundredfold more than they're saving the patient. What what, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to do what seems to be best for that individual patient at that encounter, or are you supposed to take a more global view? Uh, so I think doctors should definitely take the global view and and do what's better for that patient in their long-term financial interest and not share a coupon, but prescribe the generic form of the drug first and, and you know, allow that to save significant amounts of money for, you know, that, that consumer's health plan and that consumer's employer, because ultimately that's going to be a way that we, you know, bring these rising health care costs. You know, under control. I think that makes a lot of sense. Wells, I've already taken more of your time than I had promised. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Anything you think they should get out there and do? Well, so, you know, one thing I also want to kind of caution consumers and patients about, and, and that has to do with the patient privacy rights that are related to these coupons. I think a lot of patients do not realize that when they sign up for and use one of these prescription drug coupons, what they're really doing is giving that drug manufacturer access to all of their personal prescription drug history information, which is uh, kind of encrypted when, when it's sold by pharmacies to drug manufacturers. But by using a coupon, it allows the drug company to match their name to the transaction for that prescription drug. So they'll be able to know any drug that a patient's taken in the past and any drug that they take in the future. Uh-huh. We think this is one way the drug company is going to start marketing directly to patients in various ways, and, and we also think the patients just don't know they're giving up this personal information, which is you know, otherwise, under federal law, kept private. Uh, so, so, as I understand, the um, already there's more information going out there um, about me as a physician and what I prescribe, um, but here it's down to the patient level. That's right, that's right, and th- you know, that's a new development, and uh, you know, that's something that I think the drug companies are very eager to have because they know that the future of their, you know, their marketing is going to be, uh, in, in part, marketing directly to consumers. Very good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. The drug coupon issue, I think, gets to really the heart of the health care reform debate that we have today. If we think that Consumers don't need to play a role in deciding how much their health care should cost. Then these coupons make a lot of good sense. I mean, then we can leave it to doctors to decide what's best for patients. We can leave it to insurers to negotiate what fair prices are with drug companies, uh, what will be covered and what won't be covered, uh, and have a, a very socialist uh, system. It, it's not 
necessarily a bad way to go. It's a, a reasonable way to go. Another approach is for patients themselves to play a role in making their healthcare decisions, to decide what they want to have and to have the responsibility for deciding how much to pay. That way, it keeps prices in check. Companies or providers, whatever kind, that charged a very, very high price, uh, they're going to get hammered by the consumers who won't use those services. Trying to make prices free to the consumer while letting the providers charge whatever they want seems to me to be an unrealistic uh, system, an unrealistic way to organize our healthcare system. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see how things pan out over time with these drug coupon programs. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Wells as much as I did. I'll be giving you a link to his, uh, the, his, the um, Consumer Catalyst website on the Getting Better Healthcare webpage. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare. 